thanks for checking out the KZMC podcast. My name is April Zare, and I'm an associate pastor at KZMC. This podcast is a recording of sermon teachings from our 9.30 a.m. Sunday morning worship gatherings. We release a new episode every Tuesday. If you're looking to check out our Sunday mornings, you can find our live stream over on our YouTube channel on Kingsfield Zurich Mennonite Church. We'd also love to have you join us in person. You can find out all the details about our Sunday mornings on our website, kzmc.ca. Thanks for listening and have a great day. A couple of years back, I remember at my previous church, I was talking to our, our office admin and she was asking if I had any thoughts about what to put on the church sign for Mother's Day. And I didn't have any really specific ideas. And as she began to, to kind of Google search results for sign ideas, she found that a lot of them were based on Proverbs 31. And she said something that I've heard many times before and, and understood to some degree. And she said, oh, this proverb is too overwhelming and intimidating for me. And I, I get that to the extent that I can as, as a man. When I read it, I almost breathe a sigh of relief that there isn't a, a psalm or a proverb 32 that talks about the virtuous man. It would probably read something like, faster than a speeding bullet, more powerful than a locomotive, can leap tall buildings in a single bound. I mean, who can compare with this, this kind of person, this kind of Superman, right? And, and I know that many women, including Kim, because we've had this conversation many times, feel like this, this intimidation and this, this intense pressure to, to be like this, this superwoman. I mean, who is this Proverbs 31 woman anyway? And so to be honest, I've avoided using the passage for, for a lot of years because I, I sense that intimidation and to simply find other passages to talk about, to encourage mothers in their mothering roles on Mother's Day. And while I felt that for a number of years, more recently I've felt that, that God was challenging me on that. Because as I agreed in my head about the, this idea of intimidation around the passage, God was saying something else to me as well, I think. And, and just this, having this sense that, that something is wrong here. That it, if we are tempted to avoid something in God's Word, something's not right. And so I started to reflect, where, where is the wrong in this when we, we sense this, <coughs> excuse me, this intimidation? I mean, did King Lemuel get something wrong? Or King Lemuel's mother, who gave this advice, did she get something wrong? Did God get it wrong by, by putting it in the Bible? Or have we as human beings been getting it wrong in our interpretation and our use of the passage? Have we been making it say things that maybe it was never intended to say? Given all those choices, I'm going to assume that it's us that's got it wrong that God didn't get it wrong. And I want to suggest that we need to look at this fictitious and hypothetical superwoman, not as an example necessarily to, to mimic, not as a, a person that we need to imitate their life, and not as a, a person to look at to see how high we need to jump in order to be good enough, but that there are principles here that we can look at. And so ladies, you can put your phones away and you can start, stop looking up, where do I buy a spinning wheel? And where do I get flax and wool and purple dye? 
And I want us to just look together at some of the principles. What does it mean to be a godly mother, a godly woman, and, and apply those principles? I'll say one more thing before I get into it, although I feel I hardly need to already because, because Greg and April have already done it and a much better job than, than I will do. Just to acknowledge that while Mother's Day is a, it's a lovely day to pay tribute to, to our mothers and those in mothering roles, it is also a deeply painful day for other people. There may be women here or, or children here who are living in estranged relationships with their children or have no relationships with their children for a whole variety of reasons, and that, that's incredibly painful. There may be women here who have longed to be mothers but haven't been able to physically have children, and that's incredibly painful. And so let's acknowledge that. And also while we do that, acknowledge that being a mother is, is far more than just being able to, to physically bear a child. As we talk about mothers, let's acknowledge that there's many different kinds of mothers and many different kinds of mothering that happen beyond those blood relationships. So today we want to celebrate those women as well. Celebrate those who are playing significant or who have played significant mothering roles in, in all kinds of different ways. So to those women for whom this is a difficult day, let me say that we see you and we acknowledge you. You're important to us. We value you. With that said, let's dig into this question of who is this Proverbs 31 woman anyway? Well, as we look at the passage, I think there's principles here, as I said, that we can draw out and learn from this fictitious and, and frustratingly perfect Proverbs 31 woman. The first principle is that she's an equal partner. Verses 11 and 12 say, Her husband can trust her, and she will greatly enrich his life. She brings him good, not harm, all the days of her life. And then jumping, jumping down to verse 23, her husband is well known at the city gates where he sits with other civic leaders. This passage was written at a very different time and place in history than our own. Nothing about gender roles or sexuality is as simple as it appears. That was true then. It's even more true maybe today. Having said that, I, I will stand by my conviction that, that I believe God's plan for, for marriage God's plan A for marriage is, is one man and one woman for life. But of course, we're living in a world where there's often plan B and C and D and E. And those are the realities a lot of times. And so divorce is a reality, even though I believe that's not how God intended things to be. Single parenting is a reality, even though I don't believe it was how God intended families to function. Differing views of marriage and gender and sexuality are realities in our world, even though I don't believe that that's how God intended it. I do believe, though, that all people are to be accepted and loved and included. That God calls you and I as, as followers of Jesus to be people that, that love unconditionally, that love people the way God loves us. And we don't have to agree on anything to show love to each other, to care for each other, and to accept people. 
And I believe that God doesn't reject anyone because they don't live up perfectly to his standards. If that was the case, none of us would have any hope. And so we are called to love. And this principle in, in Proverbs 31 here comes from that perspective of, of assuming that we're talking about uh, a, a husband and wife in a traditional kind of marriage relationship. But it also assumes equal partnership in that relationship. There's trust. There's teamwork. There's an acknowledgement that they're in this life together. That this, this woman has, has been given this, this position of trust where she's free to, to go and to work and to do things with her husband's blessing while he's off doing things with her blessing. It's a relationship of trust. She's worthy of trust. She lives in freedom knowing that, that she and her husband are a team doing life together. And notice that because that she's a woman of this kind of character, that her husband is, the one, is also one who comes out looking good. He's one that at, the, at the city gates with some other men who, of course, in that culture, in that time, it was the men who gave leadership. But because she was a woman who was worthy of trust, he looks good and he gains credibility with others. And that, of course, works both ways. When a husband is trustworthy and of good character, it makes his wife look good as well. So there's this idea of, of teamwork, of mutual, um, mutual benefiting each other, mutual trust. And that's the first principle I see here. The second principle is that she's a hard worker. That's not a shock. That's what this passage is known for. It's all about the hard work, right? When we think about the passage, it's what primarily comes to mind, and it, it kind of sounds exhausting. As we focus on the principle here, though, it, it stops being, again, about this, this bar that we have to jump over of being the first one up in the morning and being the last one to bed at night and, and working your finger to the bone and all the hours in between. The principle of, of being a hard worker, we, we can focus on that principle without focusing on those, those nitpicky details of what that looks like. I think the principle reminds us that it's, it's far more about being than it is about doing. Being a person who works hard. Being a, a woman who works hard for her family. And so focusing on the principle of hard work, I think, frees us from the, those incredible expectations of all these different things that, that you have to do, where it's a nonstop uh, race from, from dawn till dusk and beyond. And we don't have to focus on all those, those impossible details of this hypothetical woman. Ecclesiastes 9 verse 10 says, Whatever your hand finds to do, do it with all your might. And so I think the, the encouragement and the challenge here is, is what are you good at doing? And what you are good at doing is going to be different than the person sitting beside you. It's going to be different than another woman. Not comparing yourself to others, but what your hand finds to do, do with all of your might. Working hard, but your working hard will look different than other people. The third principle is that she's, she is others-focused. Verse 20 says, she extends a helping hand to the poor and opens her arms to the needy. 
It's an understanding that not everyone has what we have. It's a principle that is about looking outward and not only looking inward to your own family and the needs of your family. Yes, mothering is about looking after your people, the people that are in your primary care, but it's also about looking outward and being focused on the needs of others around us. Because that's an attribute of God. God sees those who are in need. God cares about those who are in need. But he doesn't stop just with with caring and seeing. He moves into action. God helps those. God acts. And we see that same principle at play here with this Proverbs 31 woman. It says she extends herself. She opens her, her house, opens her arms to those. And those are actions. Those are action words. Responding to those in need. And so the principle is to to be not only focused just on your own concerns, your own family concerns, but to be looking outward to those who have needs around you as well. And expanding your, your influence, expanding your mothering influence, influence there. Fourthly, she is wise. The first part of verse 26 says, when she speaks, her words are wise. The Bible talks a lot about wisdom. It talks about what wisdom is, It talks about what it looks like. It talks about what wisdom isn't. But probably the most important aspect, the most important thing about wisdom that the Bible says is is found in Proverbs 9, verse 10, where it says, The fear of the Lord is the foundation of wisdom. Knowledge of the Holy One results in good judgment. So wisdom doesn't come from our own understanding. It doesn't come from our own opinions on things but it comes from what we have learned from God. As we've spent time with God, listening to God, being in God's Word, and and understanding God's mind on things, that's how we gain wisdom. Wisdom starts with God. But that second part of verse 26 is important as well. And she gives instructions with kindness. And so the fifth principle is kindness. Kindness. Instruction, teaching, guidance, advice, whatever you want to call it. It needs to flow out of wisdom, but it then needs to be delivered with kindness. That's important. That's also a characteristic of God. The principle here is that, that when there are opportunities for, to give wisdom or instruction, that they, they aren't a stick to, to, to hit somebody to get them back in line as much as they are laying on a pathway ahead of them where they can move down and experience that, the benefits of that wisdom. I think it's a reminder to us that, that sometimes, if we really stop and examine our motives, sometimes we can be tempted to care more about what is, is right, or mo- care more about being right than about being merciful. And we need both of those pieces. Both of those pieces are who God is. God is about grace and truth. And we need to be about giving wise instruction, but doing it in a kind way. This Proverbs 31 woman who is of great value is a kind woman because kindness wants the best for the other person. Then sixth, she has a close relationship with God. It kind of goes without saying, but the passage says it. Charm is deceptive. And beauty doesn't last, but a woman who fears the Lord 
will be greatly praised. We all want to be loved. We all want to, to be thought of as attractive. But what really makes a difference is our relationship with God. That's where real beauty is. That's where real value is in a person. Being known as a person with a close relationship with God. Godliness with contentment, the Bible says, is great gain. Ladies, moms, spiritual mothers, I hope those principles are, are helpful to you. I hope that you can look at this passage maybe a little bit differently now than you did and, and feel a degree of freedom from having to live up to, to being this Proverbs 31 superwoman. That it's not about the doing so much as it is about the being. When you live out these principles in your life, they're going to look different from the people around you because you are made uniquely. You're different. God has gifted you and equipped you in different ways. He's given you different opportunities. So even if you're, you never make an item of clothing in your life, you can still live up to this, this Proverbs 31 ideal because it's about being and not about doing. Men, fathers, children, verse 26 is for us. Her children stand and bless her. Her husband praises her. Let's remember to be thankful, to show our love, to show our appreciation for the amazing women in our lives, for those who play a whole variety of mothering roles in our lives. And let's remember to honor them, not just today, but in the days and weeks and years to come. Let's pray. God, we are thankful to you for the gift of those women in our lives who, who play such an important role, who care, who provide, who instruct and give wisdom, who wrap their arms around us and, and care for us and love us. God, remind all of us of the gift that, that mothers are. Whether our mothers have have gone from this life or whether they're still with us, regardless of what the relationship is right now. God, may our moms be blessed. May they feel appreciated and seen and loved. Thank you, God, for the gift that you've given to us. Thank you for how those in those mothering roles have blessed us. Help us to bless them. And we ask you to bless them. In Jesus' name, amen.